listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I like Star Wars. I think I lost my love that I had when I was a kid from the prequels, and I lost it even more, but not in the same way from the first two of the sequels and some of the other ones. I'm like, these are good, but I wish they were great. And then they put out Rise of Skywalker, and I was just ready to be totally done with the whole thing. I was like, you know what? If you're going to do more Star Wars, it better be just in the future. But then, hey, John Favreau got involved and said, I'll take care of your TV stuff. And Favreau's the guy you call when you're like, we really don't know how to make this geeky thing work. And he's like, don't worry. I got this. And sure enough, with The Mandalorian, wow, this may be my favorite thing since the original films. It was great. Two seasons of that. Terrific. Yes, it's a guy who looks like Boba Fett because he's got the cool Boba Fett armor, but shinier. And we're like, yeah, that's all we really wanted, right? There was no Boba Fett character, per se. He was just a dude in cool armor. I mean, the animated shows did some stuff with him, but Boba Fett, an image, we got that. We just got a cooler version. But then they're like, oh, we're bringing the actual Boba Fett in. Yeah, that's right. Tamora Morrison, who played him, he's coming in. We're going to give you the whole book of Boba Fett, which should have been titled The First two-thirds of the book of Boba Fett and then back to the Mandalorian! (laughs) (laughs) Mandalorian episode 2.5. Give the people what they want, Chris. I don't think I've ever seen a show halfway through its run just shrug and go, fuck it, we're doing this now. (laughs) (laughs) Hard right. (laughs) I am Chris and joining me on the review for Star Wars The Book of Boba Fett is Neil. Hello, everyone. Harmony. Hello. And Jennifer. Hey, everybody. Uh, John Favreau, who actually wrote all but episode six, which he co-wrote with Dave Filoni, who's been his partner on a lot of these things here. But yes, as an assortment of directors, like Robert Rodriguez does a few of these, unfortunately. Uh, Steph Green, Kevin Tanchanoran, Bryce Dallas Howard, who a lot of people have said that's one of the best episodes of the thing. They were like, yes, let Bryce Dallas Howard direct more Star Wars stuff. But then ending up again with Robert Rodriguez in the finale. And here's the thing that was the big surprise after the huge success of The Mandalorian. I can't speak for you guys, and I'm not even going to say definitively how I felt about it yet, but in general, fandom was like, meh, (laughs) with the Book of Boba Fett. They were not happy overall. The weird thing is, right from the start, they were like, oh, this is terrible. I'm like... It's not terrible. Jesus Christ, it's one episode in. Relax. But by the end, I think I was like, okay, I'm not going to say it's terrible, but it's definitely the weakest of the three seasons they've done. It is the weakest of the Mandalorian shows. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I rather enjoyed this. Disney does great right now with the dropping them once a week appointment viewing, right? It was definitely, you know, it's time to sit down and watch The Mandalorian. 
every week. And it's just all part of the Mandalorian expanded universe itself. Like right. I was expecting Star Wars shows to be more like a now here's the show about something completely different on the other side of the universe. But everything that they've been doing lately, with the exception of the Obi-Wan show, and even then, who fuck knows? Maybe we'll get a horrible DeLorean from Back to the Future. The Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka are both existing as spinoffs of the Mandalorian and that storyline as did this. And I'm like, let's move on. And I guess that's why this show went from following Boba Fett, who were like, okay, first off, we see at the end of season two of the Mandalorian is like, I'm going back to Jabba's palace and I'm going to be a crime lord. But, you know, a nice <laughs> crime lord. One of those good guys. Crime lord with a heart of gold. Yeah, yes. <laughs> totally sweet that crime lord. And it's like, it got to go through all the effort to like win over the people in the town and the area and the other crime lords and yada 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 and deal with the spice trade okay people are trying to kill him he's having to defend himself he's working with Fennec Shand who was his partner when we saw him in the Mandalorian show but there's also flashbacks to how he escaped from the uh, Sarlacc pit which is literally right out of Patton Oswalt's Parks and Rec fantasy right <laughs> Like, word for word. Which I can't imagine wasn't intentional. And then trains with the Tusken Raiders, like a sort of like they're his old masters who teach him the ways of the Tusken, I guess. But then, like I said, about three quarters of the way through this, it just stops and goes, we're going to make this about the Mandalorian again. Okay, guys, is that fine? So it's like two episodes of just that story again. And then it sort of crushes back into where we were leading with Book of Boba Fett in a finale that I was kind of like... You know, I would have been fine with just not finding out what happened with that story, actually. <laughs> How do you bring Mandalorian in without the collective audience going, what, what's he been doing? What happened after he left the bridge? Where's Grogu? So taking a detour from Mandalorian and what seemingly is the first two episodes of season three, I was fine with, yes, it's extremely different. We haven't seen a show take an off-ramp like this before. Overall, I liked this show. I know it's not perfect. The insult of it's the weakest of the three new Star Wars live action. That's still not that bad. <laughs> it's the weakest of the Mandalorian show. If you're starving for stuff like this, there's also, I have to mention, Clone Wars, Bad Batch, and Rebels, which was Filoni. But Filoni works with Favreau on this stuff, and a lot of characters that they've brought in Mandalorian and now Book of Boba Fett started there. Ahsoka, Cad Bane, a bunch of characters they've brought in. I like this. You could debate how the flashbacks worked or didn't work, but Mandalorian blank slate just the maybe disappointment of star wars fans but this is a character that had less than two minutes of screen time if you didn't read the comics if you didn't read the books that is larger than life how do you handle that and we got i think a pretty good depiction of this aging bounty hunter who's seen everything almost done everything and i love that one scene with the campfire where he's like i'm tired of taking orders from idiots and this show, it doesn't get enough credit, but a 61-year-old and a 58-year-old fucking kicked everybody's ass throughout the whole season. We've seen things we haven't seen, like the mods. Luke and Leia are the most boring teenagers ever in Star Wars. The mods, while you may think they're goofy or whatever was something really different that we had not seen in Star Wars. They were exactly what I would expect a street punk to be like in this world. And instead of piercings and tattoos, they get cybernetics. Exactly. And their speeder bikes are kind of shit for speed. 
They're all about style and presence. About how it looks, right. Because they don't actually want to, like, chase anybody. They just want you to be intimidated by them and leave them alone. This is you guys running circles backwards in your head to try and explain why that fucking chase scene was so terrible. No, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, no, it's not about speed. It's about how cool their bikes are. I'm talking about they (laughs) broke the aesthetic because all the Star Wars shows are locked into an aesthetic created in the 70s. And it's Mm -hmm. a little jarring that it comes out of it. That speeder chase is boring. But you got to (laughs) remember, the first time we meet speeders that are doing 125 miles per hour through Redwoods, that bar is now set so high, you can never match it. So if you try to do that in crowded city streets, it's going to be bad. I don't agree with you. I think you're saying like, oh, look, it's been done so incredibly fast that anything you do less than that is going to be lame by comparison. I'm like, no, I've seen plenty <laughs> of car chases that were much slower than that. That's not chase. exactly what I'm trying to say. And I am agreeing no. with you. That chase scene is not good. It's badly filmed. It it's- went on way too long. It looks is dumb. the main problem. And then you see all the other flaws. My biggest problem with this whole show is really they promised us a show about like the dark, gritty side. And it's not about that at all. Where did they promise that? I'm supposed to be a Shades of Grey guy, but instead I'm just like a guy who used to be a Shades of Grey guy and then I was a dark guy. I think that's an guy. assumption that you're making. I do not recall anything about the marketing of this show being that it was going to be the gritty underbelly of anything. It was meant to be a redemption He's, arc. He sat in Jabba's throne. It doesn't matter. It's literally about the crime syndicates and Boba Fett, the guy who froze Han Solo and Carbonite, he was a villain. Now he's just somebody they can make stuffed animals for at Disney. Come on. Being a mercenary doesn't make you a villain. Really? It makes you a chaotic character, not particularly aligned to a common trope ethos, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have an ethos. Yeah, and sure, he has an ethos, but his ethos now has become like, yeah, I want to be like a completely middle-of-the-road Democrat that's helping everybody, but isn't good at doing it. How dare anybody grow up and want to get out of the life and make something better for himself that's calmer than intergalactic species wars? But why would I want to watch that? I want to watch that. He's the most feared bounty hunter because he's relentless and he gets his target, not just because he murders masses of Mm -hmm. people. And let me remind you, he blew a fool up in the first episode. When they got attacked in the street, dude's just climbing over a fence trying to run away. He shot him in the back with a rocket and exploded him. We saw his rage throughout this show, but we also saw it being kind of tempered because it was going to get him in trouble. He's going to be a better person. Better person, but also it's going to get him killed. The cool confet is what kept him in this business for years well and you have to realize that at a certain point in your life when you reach the end you confront what your life has been about and sometimes you want to change and make something different out of it and the beauty of the beginning of the arc of this story Mm -hmm. is that he had an opportunity to set that armor aside literally and metaphorically and be a different person and grow a bit and care about something for the first time beyond himself. He had a tribe, literally, for a while, and that taught him a different way of life, a different pace, and he wanted to take that forward and embody that spirit with the people that he found and accumulated into his own tribe. So he found a tribe that he loved being a part of, and that opened him up, and then things happen, and he went on to form his own tribe. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I was upset that they cut that arc shorter than I wanted it 
it to be. I wanted seven episodes of the space Bedouin mystery. Like, that was amazing. And I think some of the storytelling elements and the narrative behind it could have been a lot stronger. Absolutely. But where they went with it and what they wanted to get out of his character, I absolutely enjoyed and approve of. I mean, again, you're arguing the plausibility of this happening for a person. And yes, it's realistic that could happen, as opposed to does everybody actually want to see this happen with this Hi, character? I'm here to say I enjoyed seeing that happen okay, on and that's screen. Fair. I'm just saying for me, and I know for a lot of people, because the internet would not shut up about it, no. that this was like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. He went too far the other way. I don't believe a guy who was ever that How bad. How dare he not be my Boba Fett? Got that soft. He can only be exactly what I imagined him to be forever. He can't be any more than that. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that, like, he just turned into a generic character at that point. You're like, he no longer has any of the qualities that defined him separately. A guy who was a hired killer for that long, I just don't believe that, A, anyone really wants to see him go that totally soft. I was like, yeah, I want the redemption of Boba Fett, but I felt like it just kind of happened like that. You say soft, but before this show we never seen him kill anybody he doesn't kill anybody in empire or jedi he shoots he never kills well, he's barely on screen <laughs> how can you assume all of these things about the character that you know because he's the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy they because say how good he is not because he just murders all his fools Okay, you guys are bending over backwards here to try and make your point. I want to say I hardly enjoyed it and would watch more of this. I like Star Wars. I just can't love Star Wars anymore. And I think this is endemic of the shit they do when I'm like, this is why it doesn't work as well anymore. I think you're trying too hard to fit into one frame everything. And I I felt like that. This just got kind of banal and generic for me. With anything that goes through these changes and stuff like that, not everybody's going to be happy with it. And that's okay. I enjoyed spending my time doing this, though. There is stuff here that's exceptionally cool, though. And I will take a front with anyone who has problems with it. Like Boba Fett riding a Rancor into battle is something. I think I waited my whole life to see that happen. That's kids playing with toys and going, what if we actually did that? Any reason for Danny Trejo to show up. (laughs) Right. I was kind of sad Trejo didn't come in to save the day from the rancor there. But like, there's stuff like that that's in here that's super cool. I thought the two episodes that were more focused on The Mandalorian were really, really cool. I love the Mm -hmm. Dark Force Saber, whatever it's called. That's neat. I wish they would get more into how that works. I assume we'll get more of that in the future with like his path as it starts to divert from what he thinks it is. As far as those teens, I'd like to point out the one who was the sort of the lead of the teen space Vespa writers. She's also in a show I love called Yellow Jackets. She is so, so good in that. Sophie Thatcher, if you haven't seen that show, in Showtime. It's terrific, and she's great on it. She's going to be a big star. I was also like, how do you introduce Jennifer Beals as a Twi'lek and then literally do nothing with her the whole time? That show? is a shame. That was sad. I was excited. I feel like it's just she was a huge Star Wars nerd and just really wanted to be a part of it, so they gave yeah. her a role, and it happened to be there for a couple of episodes. No Twi'lek flash dance? I would have killed to watch that. That would have been totally awesome. <laughs> I'm sure that somebody is right now writing that fanfic. <laughs> yes, that, that has happened. <laughs> also, you get Matt Berry to be the voice of your sort of house droid and you don't give him anything funny to do. Like, he's one of the funniest people on the planet, and they just kind of had him be just an exposition device. Yeah, I mean, that is true. But, you know, good for him for, like, stretching his acting chops. Through a lot of filters, to be sure. Through a lot of filters, yes. 
Also, like the guy who was the cybernetic mod artist here is played by Stephen Thundercat Bruner, who's a really well-known musician for a lot of different bands, but he was apparently essentially one of the big writers along with Kendrick Lamar on Kendrick Lamar's album To Pimp a Butterfly, and he won a Grammy for it, as well as being in Suicidal Tendencies, which is strange. The times he's on screen... He's got range. It's, his music's weaved into the score. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Nice. I didn't realize that. Like I said, people got all upset when Ed Sheeran sang on Game of Thrones, so I'm glad <laughs> they didn't do more of that. I like the idea of experimenting with people who have cyber parts. I just thought this was another example of like, oh, this is going to be cool. And then they really weren't all that cool. They didn't really have much to do, really. They were like, well, we're not characters here. We're just kind of background props. They're thugs and punk. I'm like, I wish they had given them more so I'd be like, ooh, I'd watch a show about them. And now I'm like, oh, please don't do that. My partner, who's the lifelong Star Wars nerd, now granted, I grew up with it and I'm a big fan, but he goes into the deep lore of he's has all of the toys since the 1980s, like everything. Boba Fett, like he has a framed picture of him in his office, the whole bit. He made a really great point about this show and he said that it feels like they are throwing a bunch of things at the wall right now to see what will stick. Yeah. Because they have this whole new generation of Star Wars fans and because so many things have failed in the past, this felt like a bunch of disjointed pieces that they're throwing out to see what people respond to so that they can figure out what the next projects need to be and what they need to focus on more. Like, let's throw new things at them and some old things at them and see what people like and respond to and now, and that will help cater where we're going. So looking at it that way, you can see those pieces pop out more. You can tell, Rob, I agree with them completely. This felt like a demo <laughs> a demo reel for a demo Star reel. Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like little mini arcs, little mini stories, different <laughs> types of feels of things, different treatments. I totally see it that way now that I've been through the whole thing of it. Mm-hmm. And some of them, not very much a fan of. Some of them, I very much am a fan of. Like, I love that this was more of the, at the end, especially like the spaghetti Western feel type thing. Like, they absolutely used Rodriguez in the way that he needs to be used, which is to make a tribute to a spaghetti Western style thing. The Cad Bane scenes with the slow reveal of the trench and the gun and the standoff and the dust in the wind. Like, come on. Like, that's yeah. that's his jam. That's what he does well. That's his milieu. Did it well. His Lee Van Cleef bounty hunter, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that was really cool. I wish I had watched. I had only seen it like his first appearance, I think, on the Clone Wars. As I've gotten about that far, like mm-hmm. second season into it, so I'm like, oh, I recognize that guy, but that's about it. But I kind of wish there would be more for him in the future, but I guess not. And props to all the dudes in the 501st Legion who have some sick Cad Bane cosplays. I did an article on it last week because the show had him in them, and I was like, I don't know anything about him, but he looks badass. Yeah. And there are some amazing cosplays of that out there. Like, damn. And they got Corey Burton, who voiced him on the animated series, to come back and do I the voice it was here him. as well. Okay. Oh, neat. I didn't know that. Although, weirdly, with Luke Skywalker, who's in this considerably more than he was in The Mandalorian, with a, mm-hmm. you know, a CG Mark Hamill that is sort of put over a on-screen set performer played by Graham Hamilton. Mark Hamill was credited and he literally had nothing to do with it. A AI computer did the voice of Luke Skywalker. This is the most terrifying thing of this entire show. I have now lost sleep thinking about the insanity that has come out of this. Like, if people can have their voice synthesized into a computer and it can learn how to speak like them, and then you can digitally alter their physical being onto something, did like, what in the world is possible now? What is reality anymore? No, we're all doomed. Terrified. This is the end game. We're done. Skynet is next. Think about what your phone looked like and could do 10 years ago compared to what it can do now. <laughs> it's like... It's scary. <laughs> it's oh, moving yeah. very quick. 
quick and we're going to see more and more stuff like that. I mean, really, in another 10 years, it'll be par for the course for actors that are older to come in and do roles playing younger versions of themselves. And we'll be like, I couldn't tell. Or even dead people because their family give them rights to say, sure, make a movie with Jimmy Stewart. That's fine. Get your contracts unlocked, people. Yeah. <laughs> the de-aging is becoming more prominent. Righteous Gemstones has done it with John Goodman in a couple episodes now, just flashing back to the 80s and 90s. So a comedy on HBO is using it as well. Somebody has obviously got the technology to the point where it's like an Unreal Engine and you can just kind of plug people into it to some extent to do it for just a TV series. Astonishingly good. Every time I see it, it looks better. This Mark Hamill looked better than the one from The Mandalorian just like a year ago. After the season two finale, there was a YouTuber, I forget his name, who went and cleaned it up from the digital footage. He didn't have the original. LucasArts went and hired him and he worked on this version. LucasArts has a long history of doing that with fan stuff. Like the guy who made the Troops famous live action videos yes. of parody of cops. They immediately turned around and went, you're hired. This is the stuff dreams are made of, friends. Write some fan fiction. You never know. You'll be the body writer. double for Luke. Actually, is in the previous episode when the Mandalorian test drives his new ship. He's the other X-wing oh. pilot. That's the actor who plays Luke physically in Mandalorian and in this. Which is a great Boba Fett callback because the actor in the suit as Boba Fett in the series is also an officer in the Cloud City scenes. So you see him out of suit and then you see him in suit as Boba Fett. Like I love that they come back to that. But for the purpose of digital de-aging and, and creating digital characters and things I like to announce I'm selling an NFT of myself right now. I'm in the blockchain. <laughs> so uh, taking bids. <laughs> Wait, but is Monkey on the blockchain yet? No, not yet. He doesn't understand all this tech stuff. There's other things here too, like Timothy Oilefant, who is like one of the f actors out there that I get really weirdly squee about. I love him. I'm not gay or anything, but you know, if I was, I'd totally be with Timothy <laughs> Oilefant. <laughs> I am, and oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Sedaris, who I think is terrific, comes back as Peli Motto, the, the mechanic. I, I mean... There's a lot of fun to be had here. I just wish it all held together better. And I wish I gave a shit about Boba Fett in the show. I like a lot of things around Boba Fett. Boba Fett himself and Fennec Shand, who we now still know almost nothing about. This yeah. should have been called the Fennec Shand show. They should have made it more about her. She was in all the episodes, at least. If you ever notice, like, all of the strategy meetings and all of the scenes where Boba Fett is with anybody else, he doesn't speak. He just stands there and she does all of the work, all it's of true. the strategizing, all of the shooting. Like, she does everything. Yeah. Should have been her show. Behind every man is a woman who will eventually kill that man and take his throne. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Give me the Shan show. Let's go to final thoughts. Jennifer, you might as well continue into yours. I am enjoying that similar to the Marvel verse being born and comic movies becoming prominent. I am enjoying that the Star Wars universe is likewise doing the same in a direction that I think we can all be proud of. There have been mistakes made in the recent past that we would all like to forget. And then in the more distant past that we also would like to forget. But I'm really happy to see that the right hands are getting put in the positions to influence these worlds and build them and make them more robust in a way that nerds everywhere can be proud of. There are definitely parts of this that underwowed me. There were parts in episodes that I was like, really? I about threw my TV out the window after episode three because of the abrupt change that they made in it that they kind of halfway explain later on, but I'm still not happy about. 
It's fine. But overall, I enjoyed it. I wished that it was longer. I wished the storytelling was more linear and that it wasn't as choppy and disjointed. And I really wish for a bit more emotional range out of Boba. Like, he just kind of sits there and looks vaguely pained and confused most of the time. I wish they had given him more of an opportunity to step up and have presence in his own show, except for the first three episodes. Granted, there are really only five episodes because two episodes weren't Boba Fett. They were Mandalorian. So three of five episodes, I suppose, isn't bad to have content in your own show, but there were two episodes that he just kind of chewed on the scenery a bit, and that's it. Overall, I think I will give this 6.75 out of 10 Maori War Clubs. Neil? You mentioned the love of the MCU in the Star Wars universe, Jennifer, and what do those two things have in common? John Favreau. He's yeah. launched one and he's revitalizing the second. I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan since I was six and saw Star Wars at the drive-in theater. I've weathered the prequels. I don't even know the verb for the sequels, but we've got the comics and the games and the animated shows that have really filled in the gaps. And the animated shows are part of the canon and this show and Mandalorian are pulling from it. I had fun with this show. I'm curious if the flashbacks would have just been told in chronological order and then we got there. If it would have worked a little bit better. But again, this is a character that existed two minutes of screen time with so few words. Didn't kill anybody. And now we're filling in some of those gaps as maybe we're at the sunset of this character's career and lifespan. I hope it gets a second season. They can smooth it out. We don't have to rely on Mandalorian. We don't have to rely on flashbacks. I'm going to give it 7.1138 Desert Fruits. Uh, I see what you did there. Harmony? Like I said, I really enjoyed this. This was definitely fun for me to watch. I am definitely in the Star Wars generation as in I was born when the movies came out. The Ridge Tridge or whatever. I've gone my whole life watching this and I think that they've done such a great job. Do I think it's better than Mandalorian? Absolutely not. (laughs) But did I want to sit and watch it? Absolutely. I think that anything that takes a character that's really kind of bare bones, like if you didn't watch the animated shows or anything, and tried to fill it out and tried to humanize him you know i applaud that that's a hard thing to try to get through and yeah people aren't gonna like it but i really do appreciate the hard work that they put into it yeah there are some things that flopped or that lagged for me i would have loved to see more jennifer beals even if she was conniving more or something you know something more with her she was just beautiful to look at i don't feel like it necessarily warrants a second season though basically its job was to bridge the gap until we get more mandalorian and i will accept that that's its placeholder spot But it was fun and I would do it again. And I probably will do it again when they do other shows like this in the future. I'm going to give this 7.R2D2, whatever, um, (laughs) out of 10. Twi'leks that really are in all ranges of society. And I'm I'm all for the Twi'lek representation. That's awesome. Go tailheads. Tamira Morrison, who plays Boba Fett and multiple other clones. I remember when he got started with a really great film called Once Were Warriors in 1994, and he got awards and a lot of acclaim for his performance in that film. It's a really good film if you ever get a chance to watch it. I've never seen him do anything else again with his acting that I went, wow, that was anywhere near that level. And this is no exception. I'm like, you're (laughs) boring in this. You look like an old guy who just ate a bad sandwich. Give that guy a Tums. There's nothing about him that comes across as appealing on screen in this series. I thought he was actually good on The Mandalorian, but here he's just not eminently watchable. Fortunately, almost everybody else is, which makes a huge difference. There's a lot of fun to be had, but there are a lot of moments that were like, come on, really? 
And I think a lot of those happen in Robert Rodriguez's episodes. I'm not crazy about Rodriguez as a director. I've liked maybe three of his films out of the many he's made. They're all spy kids. Yeah, just not a huge <laughs> fan. And I, I think when he goes wrong, he goes really wrong. And I think there are points that he goes really wrong here. It's still watchable. It's still Star Wars. Uh, what am I going to tell you? If you love Star Wars, you're still going to enjoy watching it. I enjoyed watching it. Even in my favorite of the recent movies, yes, sorry, The Last Jedi, you got the gambling planet, which is kind of dumb, right? Everything else I love, but the the casino planet I could have dealt without. That's like this where there's like stuff here. I'm like, ugh, I kind of wish they had just left that on the cutting room floor. Oh, well, it's still fun overall. The Book of Boba Fett is going to get from me six and a quarter out of ten land speeders that just get totally demolished left and right on the show. Like, just like even casual background. They're like, hey, there's a land speeder. Destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I look forward to the day that we'll all die that way. So <laughs> let's bring on the land speeders. <laughs> 